Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. State your name for the record. Jin Ursa. Forgery of imperial documents. Possession of stolen property. Aggravated assault. Resisting arrest. On your own from the age of 15. Reckless, aggressive, and undisciplined. This is a rebellion, isn't it? I rebel. Episode 162 of Full of Sith. I am the Mike Pilot with me, my co-host, Brian Young, Amy Radcliffe. And Brian uh, pointed something out to me yesterday, which I was going to point out to him, but he's Johnny on the spot and beat me to it. This is our 200th overall episode of Full of Sith. We have been doing this for quite some time, 200 episodes. I believe in any kind of show is a, uh, a milestone, and we hit it, guys. And congratulations, and many more awesome shows in the future. And uh, before I ask either one of you anything i do want to point out real quick too because uh i'm full of myself and i just want to hear my voice right now i want to praise amy ratcliffe for her fantastic q a that i released uh on friday if you haven't heard that episode yet go back in the feed it's the one before this show listen to it it is uh amy and feloni and kimberg and there's uh taylor gray was there right amy yes and um it's just it's a great episode it was taken after the uh the last episode of uh, Rebels aired in this in the uh, theater, and they had a Q and A. And Amy did Amy, you did an amazing job. I loved it, and um, I just wanted everybody to know out there that I thought you did an amazing job. Oh, thank you, Mike. I appreciate it. I I certainly tried not to screw it up. Well, you didn't, and you know, so <laughs> Brian does a lot of stuff on the the panels, and you do a lot of panels. But it was it was really one of the first opportunities where it was your own show for the whole show, and and you you carried it well. And I was. Uh, I think everybody should, that's a, that's a must listen. When we put out our greatest hits, that's one of the ones that we should put on that list. But um, besides that, Mr. Young, what are we going to talk about this evening on Full of Sith? You know, there was a little trailer you might have heard of, um, kind of dropped earlier this week, and uh, it's for, for a little movie called Rogue One. And uh, I figured we'd probably want to talk about that. You know, there was also... I guess that might be a good idea. <laughs> A Blu-ray that came out um, for a little movie, and and that came out, and and I think everybody was excited about that. It was a really big week, like an exhausting week for Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, I kind of brought that up uh, last week. Like I said, you know, there was the Rebels, there was uh, Force Awakens came out in digital, not on Blu-ray yet, but on the digital, and we had our show, and we were talking to to Vanessa and Holly, and just it's just continued and. If I could just briefly say one thing about that trailer before I let the two people on this show that actually speak intelligent words speak. Um, here's my thing. Remember how I said, like, I didn't want to tell anybody that I was afraid of of Ray 
Ray's character on The Force Awakens, but I never said anything because, you know, I never, I didn't know. I, I never saw her in anything, so how can I complain about a concern when I didn't know, right? So, Rogue One, we've had that little teaser. That was really cool. You see the Death Star above the planet, and, you know, uh, I heard, you know, maybe a heist movie, and I heard, you know, Death Star plans, and you hear all these things, and you're like, well, it's not, it's not really a Star Wars movie. It's one of the spinoffs. It's one of the side movies. Like, how good could that be? And uh, so not concerns. I would definitely I would go see it. You know, I'm not well, I wasn't worried about not going to see it. But this <laughs> this trailer uh, drops and so does my jaw. Um, <laughs> I didn't I remember Brian did uh, the um, his reaction to Force Awakens when that trailer came out. So I'm at work. I, I, I remember it was supposed to be on Good Morning America or something that morning. I looked it up. I put my phone down and I hit record just, you know, just in case something cool happened. And uh, by the end of it, I looked like a lunatic. And when I posted the video, the last 15 seconds of it, I said that this franchise has never allowed me to grow up to be more than a, an eight or a 10 year old boy. I am blown away by this trailer, guys. I uh, so many things I wasn't expecting. Another great, strong female lead. They have some amazing actors in this movie there. The, the effects look great. The possibilities of that dish on the Death Star and Every everything going on, guys. What do you, what did you guys think when you first saw this trailer? I was kind of in the same boat as you, Mike. That I like, I was of course it's a Star Wars movie. Like that comes with an automatic level of excitement, but I didn't know I was going to react so strongly to it. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Like that's. I mean, I don't know. I guess I I always almost always react strongly to Star Wars. <laughs> so that was kind of a stupid assumption on my part. But well, well, I had to watch it over and over, and just something about the combo, you know, we, we're we all prequel trilogy fans here, but something about going back to the original trilogy in that specific time period and seeing, meeting the people who are the first, are they the first people referenced in the opening crawl of A New Hope or before Princess Leia? Yeah. Right? So, like, getting to know, presumably, those people, that's kind of a big deal. Yeah, and whoever's playing the Mon Mothman part, they nailed that. Um, oh, but can we just say for a second, so, does she not own any other clothes? Well, you know, you, you want people to, it's like I wear the same kind of hat. It's like my thing. Maybe that's just it's her like thing. Well, it's, 30 it, years. Could be, it could be ceremonial, right? Years. Like, that's like true. the Pope doesn't change clothes a lot. All right, I mean, he, he does change clothes. <laughs> it's like Harry Potter. Has, it's dress robes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I love that we keep going back to Harry Potter. Mm -hmm. This is amazing. Okay, um, fair. So, and that is Mike, uh, actually, Genevieve O'Reilly, who was cast by George Lucas to play Mon Mothma in Revenge of the Sith, which ended up on the cutting room floor. Really? So, she was cast in this part more than a decade ago. Wow. And uh, is and now finally getting to shine. And that time's close to matching the actual timeline in the movies, too, right? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Which is cool. Well, I just, you know, I, I look at it, and I thought maybe, you know, with technology and people, them super, like an Ant-Man with Michael Douglas's face, I thought maybe they did something like that because it looks so good. Um, the other words I wanted to use that I don't think I did when I was talking about the trailer midweek was, this is legitimately a Star Wars movie. Like, this isn't like... Oh, here's an Ewok. No offense, Brian. Here's an Ewok adventure on TV. <laughs> this is like a legitimate adats walking on a beach, and and there's so much going on. Uh, for uh, Forrest Whitaker, wha my God, 
I just want to see more of that. Um, Brian, your thoughts. I'm sorry for keep cutting you no, off. No, no, no. We're fine. I think um, I, I think I was surprised also by how into this trailer I was. I was not expecting to be as invested. Um, which again, like like Amy, like you said, like that's stupid. Like it's Star Wars. We're we're Amy and Brian. Like why would Star Wars not <laughs> just grab us by the throat? You know, like Darth Vader. Um, but I didn't know what to expect. I've been wary about Gareth Edwards a little bit. I wasn't the biggest fan of Godzilla. Um, you know, I but like I Godzilla. think, um, well, no, no, no. I love, I love Godzilla. I think Gareth Edwards Godzilla movie was a little stupid. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I don't agree with that, but you know what? It looks pretty damn good. It did look pretty yeah. good. Um, but, uh, so I was, I was just kind of taken aback by it. But the other thing is, I was surprised by how little of what we talked about on our speculation show just a few weeks ago yeah. uh, could still be a possibility, right? Like, I was expecting as soon as the trailer drops, like, we would have no idea what was going on, and all of the speculation we spent that hour doing would just be out the window, but I think I think it actually supports a lot of what we were suggesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, And I kind of want to talk about, like, what we know now because before we didn't know anything but now we have like names and situations i love how the trailer opens with uh this new character Jin urso um played by felicity jones kind of being frog marched in to this briefing with mon mothma in in binders yeah right and by um, the way in case anybody else is a nerd about these things like i am her name is j-y-n-e-r-s-o where did you get that information the first time? Because um, I think you were the first person that had it. Some uh, journalist on Twitter who, whose name was verified said he got confirmation from Lucasfilm. So when they mentioned her in the movie, they call her JYN? Uh-huh. And then Anthony Bresnikan, uh, is that he say his last name? From EW. Yeah. Like, yeah. like also like tweeted about it there shortly thereafter. And as far as the Genevieve O'Reilly thing, I actually got confirmation from Lucasfilm for that. A couple of different outlets did. But they were they were very forth they were very forthcoming in confirmations. <clears throat> um, but this instantly kind of brings me to the Dirty Dozen, right? Um, I don't know if we talked about the Dirty Dozen on the speculation show, but the Dirty Dozen is one of those movies that is awesome. Is awesome. The Dirty Dozen is one of those movies that's super important uh, in in just cinema. But it's a story that's really cool, and I think it kind of. Uh, the idea is that you've got these convicts, these people that were fighting for the allies, but they'd done some some horrible or questionable things, and they were all sort of sentenced to death. And High Command comes out and says, listen, you can go on this suicide mission, and if you happen to survive and make it back, you'll get a pardon. Otherwise, you simply get to die a hero instead of getting hung by us. Yeah. That's a little suicide squatty. Yeah, I mean, that's extreme, but similar. I don't but, mean to compare Suicide Squad to the Dirty Dozen. But isn't, but. That, isn't that line in that trailer are so amazing? Like, this is a rebellion. I'm rebelling. I mean, that's cool. I rebel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's perfect. Um, so that was, that was like the first thing that struck me. I mean, the other thing that struck me is that, like, you don't really realize that this is a period piece. Right, you don't think of Star Wars as a period piece, but they're shooting Star Wars in the seventies. Yeah, yeah, but for the most part, like it does. Like I don't think they're 
it's one of the things I, I admire most about Star Wars is that it holds up. Uh, aside from some questionable hairstyle choices, it's rather ti- you know, it's rather timeless. Um, but uh, you're right in that they do have to go back and capture, I mean, the same uniforms, the same. It's a period piece within the universe. I was really yeah. happy to see the old Stormtrooper buckets. I was really happy to see that. Brian, you said a few minutes ago we're going to talk about the things that we know about it now. But I actually have a question of what I don't know, I'm not sure of what my my brain perceived it as, and I could be completely wrong. Um, right the day before the trailer came out, I got a text from a couple people, and they said, "Don't watch if you don't want to have any spoilers. Don't watch it because about the six second part, uh, there's a spoiler." And I watched it anyway, and um, so then I saw that, and I kind of got an idea in my head of what it was, and then when I saw it in the trailer again, so when we see the shadow troopers, I would say the dark stormtroopers. Is that Owen and Baru's moisture farm? Are we going to see that happen? No, there's too much like vegetation on that planet. There's green moss on those rocks. Okay, I, I saw the those apparatuses that capture the moisture. It looked like to me in the background, and and since we've never seen that whole thing, I thought maybe that was something they were doing. Yeah, it does look like a moisture vaporator for sure. So. But I I I don't think. So you got to think about the timeline for this story, though, right? This story, presumably, if the setup is you need to steal the Death Star plans, the payoff is them getting the Death Star plans to who they're delivering them to. We know that's Princess Leia, right? And that doesn't happen until there's still days in the story between that point and the point where Owen and Beru are killed. Okay. So that would need to jump way into the future. There'd be overlap. Yeah. But I didn't know if they were going to do that. They do that in movies. They go ahead, they go back, they show things that did happen, they go all over the place. It does happen, but I mean, it, the for the the timeline point of it, um, it didn't make any sense to me, but like I said, my brain, that's where my brain instantly went to, and I was well, confused. I think, uh, I think the fact that there are storm clouds over the entire horizon, there are black, like, wet rocks and green moss on the rocks, uh, kind of tells us that's definitely not Tatooine. Okay, sure. I'll have to go back and look at it. I didn't if, pick that up. If if uh, the Lars had moisture evaporators that were on places so lush that there was moss growing on the rocks, they would be the richest moisture farmers <laughs> on Tatooine. That's true. That's true. So, yeah, I don't think that was a spoiler either. It was just like, here's some, there's a cool looking bucket. Yeah, it was cool. And I was thinking about that too, like, we think about stormtroopers like as as one thing, and now with rebels and with with this movie, especially, we're getting all kinds of different stormtroopers. But someone pointed out like most of the stormtroopers we see are quite specifically Vader's detachment, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're we're usually seeing the five hundred and first the whole time, or like the 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 pathfinders on endor or blizzard force on hoth where they're very specialized fighters for one environment um where we're seeing other parts of the galaxy with different stormtroopers with rebels with this now it makes perfect sense that we'd be getting a lot of different sorts of a, a lot of different sorts of them and uh i think the first thing this trailer kind of confirms from our speculation is that the rebel base that they're striking out for that first uh, victory is yeah, it is. Yeah, that made me really happy. 
which is something we thought was probably the case in our speculation show. And yeah. I think that, uh, I mean, they went, they went full recreating the, the briefing room, which makes me wonder too, this raises more questions. Where's Mon Mothma? Where does she go? What happens during the course of this film that she assigns this mission and then is unable to be there for, um, for, for its execution. And I'm wondering if it's because she gets caught up on Coruscant because there's no way like the Imperial Senate doesn't get dissolved until halfway through a new hope. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's part of the story here is that she gets called back for the dissolution of the Senate. And then maybe she gets captured. Oh, and what if we actually would get to see more of Coruscant at this time? That would be neat. I would love to see Coruscant when it's Imperial Center. Yeah. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, and also, about that. do we think that now, since we, we realize that they are launching this mission from Yavin, that Rebels will lead us there? I hope so. I hope so, too. Yeah, I was being hopeful for that. I think one of the other really interesting bits of speculation we're, we can do is there... Correct me if I'm wrong, but the Red Imperial Guards, that is exclusively, those are Royal Guards. Yeah, those are, are Palpatines. Yeah, yeah Palpatine's that's what Royal I was. Guard. Yeah. So why, is, why are they guarding this tube of light, and who is that person kneeling before it? Yeah, because it didn't quite look, it's that not, line didn't look Palpatine to me. Palpatine kneels before no one. I don't Unless know about that. No, he's nearly yep. like, no, the, no, no. I don't think I, I Amy. You may be just kidding, but this kind of goes back to what I was thinking after Force Awakens. I what what if what and it's a big what if, and I'm probably a hundred percent wrong. But what if Snoke is actually Plagueis, and he's been he pulled the strings throughout the the entire original trilogy? What if? Sorry, I'm I'm, I'm all like no, I, I like I like I don't necessarily agree, but I appreciate the thought. Hmm. I feel like it's certainly a possibility, a slim I, possibility, uh, maybe. But somebody, so it's somebody. I don't think it's. I don't think it's Palpatine. I don't well, think yeah, it's Vader no. either. Too short, well, right? Yeah. Well, it's too short. Vader. I don't think we've ever seen him wearing a hood. He's got a mask. What does he need a hood for? We saw him wear a hood when he first turned into Vader when he's going into the Jedi Temple. Yeah. Well, thanks maybe for being he's... pedantic, Mike. I'm sorry. Oh, wow. <laughs> Big words um, shot at Mike. <laughs> No, you know what I mean. Yeah, I do. I do. Um, but I'm wondering, what if this is Mads Mikkelsen? Explain more. Oh. Well, Mads, more, Brian. Mads Mikkelsen is uh, uh, a fantastic actor, right? And he was one of, like, there's so much great acting crammed into this movie and great actors that he didn't even rate a shot in the trailer. But what if he did rate a shot in the trailer and that's him and he's some sort of acolyte or inquisitor or something like that. Um, and, what if and he's that a new Grand Inquisitor? That would that could be interesting. And that'd be somebody who could be in the presence of Palpatine and therefore be around his guards. Yeah, so I know that a lot of people, because of Rebels, they got tired of the Inquisitors. But this whole Inquisitor idea, going into the original trilogy back then, um, I don't know if I ever really gave it a lot of thought, but now that we have been exposed to these inquisitors and there is more than one, the grand inquisitor, and we don't know how many there are, I, I, I could certainly see that trend continue. We have more bad guys than that too, though. Um, in this, can movie. we just talk about Ben Bindelson and <laughs> that was like right now, that, 
that was what I was getting to. So Ben Mendelsohn is the character you see on the bridge of the Death Star, which makes me wonder. Elegant looking character, can we just say? Which makes me wonder if we're going to see Mati. Um, uh, which one was Mati? Is he the one with the bad bull cut? No, Mati was. Uh, oh no, he's Richard the one Lepar- who's. Yeah, he's the yes. commander of the Death Star. He's all your sorceress tricks or ways. Yeah. And that guy, yeah. Right. Um, and if you guys haven't actually go back and listen to the episodes we did about Richard Leparmentier on his passing, he was such a fascinating guy. Anyway, um, everybody's been saying, "Oh, white uniform. This guy must be a grand admiral." I'm not so sure. What if he's ISB? That's my thought. That's what I. Who else has white uniforms but Imperial Security Bureau? And, and it would make sense if they're, you know, if we do have this group of rebels that are going undercover, they're trying to get the plans. Who better to go after them than the ISB? Exactly. And we haven't, right? And we haven't really seen them explored. Wait, is Callus ISB? He is, right? I thought so. I believe so. Oh, Agent Callus, sure. So we haven't, we haven't seen it explored in a film. No, we haven't. But we did. We get. We did get mentions of uh, like Armand Isard in Lords of the Sith, who was uh, a creation of Mike Stackpole's, uh, and and he was sort of the chief of the ISB. But it doesn't make sense for him to be a Grand Admiral, right? Like in the context of this story, this is all infantry, not navy, right? Yeah. Like, and it's espionage. Oh. Like this is all. Like why? Why would they call in a grand admiral to fix this? No, they'd call in an ISB, like, and not just an ISB agent, but like the most badass ISB agent they can find with the most beautiful cape, yeah, in their wardrobe, yeah. Which is I, you mentioned about a lot of bad guys in this movie. I think that makes for a great movie for all the uh, bad people they need to overcome to get the uh, job done. The other bit of casting that I'm not sure we saw in the trailer, but maybe we did, uh, was Alan Tudyk. Yeah. Because I think that I think he's the droid that appears. I think that's a very distinct. Like a, sorry, I'm eating breakfast, so I keep on <laughs> muting and muting myself. Um, but I think he's the droid that appears for I mean, barely a second, walking along with um, with Jen and whoever Diego Luna is playing, right? Yeah, in the Canary Wharf uh, Metro Tube. Yes. At some point in this film, did either one of you get any uh, clarification on this? Do people start calling her Jin because it's easier, or are we supposed to say JYN? No, JYN's just the spelling. Okay. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. Thought, I When you said it, I thought you were saying that you had to say JYN. That's what they were calling Oh, no. Her. That was okay. just her spelling. Okay, good. Else thank you. No, thank you. Um, it's. Uh, I also thought it's another one of those Star Wars things where somebody has a similar name to somebody else, like Sabine Ren, Kylo Ren, Knights of Ren. Like, so we have uh, Qui-Gon Jin, and now we have another Jin. Yeah, it's just a cool name. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's like Michael or Brian or Amy. A lot of people have them, I guess. Oh, I want to talk. I don't want to. We can get back to this in a second after we finish villains. But I want to talk about Jen's. Her seeming attitude. I I think it's great. I love the way she says, yes, sir. Yeah. It's so sarcastic. I know. Like, I don't don't really think she meant that. Yeah. Like, you maybe, maybe. and, And that's. That was the line, actually, that reminded me the most of Dirty Dozen because John Cassavetes does that in the movie. And it's like halfway through the movie, you're asking yourself, like, they sent these people to go do this mission. They don't actually expect it to get done. They just want these people to go away, like at this point. Like, they don't expect them to succeed. And that moment of 
sarcasm reminded me so much of John Cassavetes in that movie that I was just like, that's, this is, this is going to be a tense film. Yeah. I, I, I really like, like, let's go back to force awakens real quick. So we have, we have Ray who is very caring and very, uh, uh, she's strong willed and she has a lot of skills and she can do a lot of things, but she isn't, she isn't a pain in the ass. She doesn't have that Poe Dameron Han Solo kind of cockiness to her, but Jin does. Or so the this minute trailer yeah. Yeah. leads us to believe. Yeah. Well, and we certainly know she has history, so to speak. She's got a rap sheet. She's been in trouble a lot, which is like Mike, like you said, that's not like Ray at all. Yeah. It's variety. No, I, guys. No, it's pretty pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. I, I think that's it's funny that people having just seen the trailer leveling the same sorts of accusations they did about Ray against Jin Erso, and it's like, how can they both be so drastically different, but you level the same accusations against them? Like, I I don't get it. Like, we're getting a, a wide variety of different sorts of characters. I think this movie would be boring with a Ray sort of character at the helm. Yeah, it wouldn't be as uh, urgent think, or fierce. I think this movie would be boring with, like, Luke Skywalker at the helm. <laughs> oh, yeah, Luke couldn't. That, especially at that point in time. No, wants like Skywalker leading any kind of mission. Yeah. You know, you, you said about accusations about the characters. One of those being from this trailer that really annoyed me is a few people said that they think that Jin is just a spy, like a uh, spy counter. She's spying for both sides. Like she's on this side, but she's actually spying for the Imperials because that last see that last part of the trailer, you see her in, in a uh, Imperial garb. But I mean, how do you sneak around a Death Star not that way. I mean, that's pretty smart. Yeah. If you're being a spy, dress up, play the part. That's what I, that's well, what I thought. I'm like, yeah. oh, she's going undercover. Yeah. She would have to be the most ineffective spy <laughs> the Imperials have ever had because why does Vader still need to find Leia to tell him where the base is? And why did they not get that information until they, they literally tracked the Millennium Falcon going straight there? If Jin Urso were a double agent for the Imperials, wouldn't she have given that info away? It's not like. Like she can look around and go like, "Wow, yep, this is Yavin Four. Yeah, when you're when you're thinking as a rational human being, Brian, sure. Well, and it's it's again, it goes back to that Dirty Dozen thing, right? Like Lee Marvin and Charles Bronson in in the Dirty Dozen have to infiltrate for the rest of their team dressed as Nazis, mm -hmm. and they have to get through certain checkpoints and get into the situation dressed as Nazis in that movie. And so when I saw her dressed in, in that TIE pilot costume or that Death Star gunner costume. And yes, I, I understand that Forrest Whitaker, who looks awesome in this movie, um, was saying, you know, like, if you get caught, you know, what will you become? I don't, like, I could see where people were like, oh, she gets caught and just turns tail. But I, I guess I didn't see that. I thought that was a misdirection of the trailer. And I felt from the very first time I watched it, it was misdirection. Yeah, agreed. I just thought it was more of a, a less of a literal question and more of a, like, what happens to you when you pretend to be, like, when you're in this fight for so long and you pretend to be someone else or yeah. something else? Well, it's, um, there's that great Kurt Vonnegut quote, be careful what you pretend to be because in the end you are what you pretend to be. Um, which was from Mother Night, another great World War II story about a, a spy undercover in World War II um, if you guys haven't seen that movie, it's just fantastic. I think I like the movie even better than the book. Um, 
but it's about an American who gets caught up as a spy for the Americans in Germany and he's working for the Germans and his dilemma is like, I did so much work for the Germans, even though I was feeding information to the Americans was what I did any worse than what the Germans were doing, you know, because I, you know, there's, there's shots of him turning that blind eye to Nazis killing people in the street, you know, because he has to maintain his cover is pretending to do that any any better or worse than actually being a Nazi. Um, so I think that's an interesting dilemma, and I'm very fascinated to see that in Star Wars. Yeah. Indiana Jones dressed up as a Nazi because he needed to. He did. He punched that dude in the gut, and his cap flew up. He got Hitler's autograph. I mean, you do what you oh, gotta that do. Was a, he did it a few times. Yeah. Like No ticket. Can we talk about how excited I am that we get a beach battle scene with walkers. Yes, we can certainly talk about that because I've seen them in snow. I've seen them on Endor, kind of, but i never seen the, the, the way the water's splashing up. They look, here's the thing. Here's the thing with walkers. And everybody, not everybody, but people have problems with walkers because they're, they're kind of, they're not, they're not great. They're not very efficient. Yes, killing they're machines. not, they're not great war machines because they're top heavy and they move very slow, but they are the, one of the coolest designs of anything in any series of anything I've ever seen in my life. I mean, I have an AT-AT tattoo. I've had that stuff all over the house. I just, and or people call them at whatever you want to call them. I love them. So, to, I mean, I, I actually have that shot on my, my iWatch right now. It's my background picture from, from the trailer. So to see them walking around and being so larger than life, and and you know that in the original trilogy, they're just these little models, smaller than what the AT-ATs we got when we were kids, the toys. And... To see that in this movie, there's a lot of things with this movie that I was hoping for that we would get. And from the trailer, it looks like we're going to. And, and Adats is one of them, some of the older ships. And um, did either of you ever think that you would see the the dish on the Death Star be hydraulic and, and be able to move in and out and stuff? I thought that was like them installing it. Is it? Right? I think that was like there were other ships around and they were focusing that dish in and, and installing it. Like the Death Star is not done and they're they're getting ready for that first test. And I, it makes me wonder, like, how much sabotage the Rebels have done over the years to keep the supply chains thin yeah. so that it took 20 years for them to build this thing. Yeah, Because yeah, we saw some of that in, uh, was it Tarkin, right, in that yeah. novel? We saw a little bit of that where they're disrupting the supply chain and, and, and whatnot. But we also, I mean, like, we saw the beginning of the, the construction in Revenge of the Sith. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Outside, and, and is it still outside of Geonosis at this point? Or do we know? Uh, at that point, I don't know where it is. Um, I, I I don't know where it is. Like that would be cool if we saw Geonosis. When we were watching the Rebels a couple weeks back, and uh, they were heading to Geonosis, I forget for what for, but there was some construction outside. I thought, like when I first saw it, I thought they were, was it the construction of the Death Star, but it ended up not being that. Um, no. It's, I think it was, wasn't it? Or no? Was it? I thought it was um, something. No, else. No, okay, so so actually, now I remember all these various canon sources. So in Rebels, they show up at Geonosis, and there were the construction platforms, but it was deserted, and that's a few years before this. Also, uh, in the Darth Vader comic, uh, well, that's that's a little bit irrelevant. But even <laughs> before, I mean, the Darth Vader comic introduced the idea that they committed genocide against the Geonosians mm-hmm. and they doubled down on that in Rebels a few years before this. So my guess is it won't be anywhere near Geonosis unless 
no, it doesn't fit with the time. But maybe that one of the first tests they did of the super laser was against just the population of Geonosis or something. Geonosians. The, the other thing, real quick, um, I always say that real quick. The other thing is, what I like about this time frame, again, with the, with Rogue One, is in TFA, in, in The Force Awakens, we saw um, when they were doing the comparison against uh, Starkiller Base and the Death Star, you know, you see that size comparison. One of the um, screensavers that I have rotating on my computer at work is it's the size of the Earth, and then next to it is like a, a Star Destroyer, and then next to that is like the Death Star, and then the moon is bigger than the Death Star 1. And then they show Death Star 2, which is like four times the size of the first Death Star. And uh, so we go back in this trailer, we see this Death Star. And then in my brain, I'm like, yeah, it's, it's like so small compared to what the new Death Star is going to look like. And I like those comparisons in the, from time to time. Like people don't think about those things a lot, like size. I guess size doesn't matter. I don't know. Um, I like that stuff. I like, I like oh, seeing those Oh, size does matter, Mike. <laughs> I um, like seeing those comparisons. Anybody who says that is lying. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to just leave that one. And uh, uh, talk about what I actually wanted to talk about with the the jungle fight, right? The fight on the beach and the jungles with the walkers. Yeah. Is I I want people to think about the context here of Saving Private Ryan, right? We have the cinematographer from Zero Dark Thirty working with the effects coordinator or supervisor from Saving Private Ryan in Star Wars. And I think this trailer just promised us a beach landing. That's certainly what it looked like, and I didn't comment on it a minute ago, but when we were talking about the ad-ads on the beach, there was something about them, like seeing them crash through palm trees. So cool. I know. So, yeah, beach landing, I think that's, I'm really excited. Made me think, um, did y'all read Twilight Company? Yes. It just, it made me think of, like, the parts I liked about that book very much were just, we're on the ground, we're fighting this fight. Like, forget the Jedi, forget the Sith. This is, it's just a war. That's why I like you know? the game Battlefront. It's amazing. Um, and, like, seeing that beach scene, like, just made me think of, I'm like, this is what we're getting. And it's such a different, and what it, it was, the whole trailer is such a different tone and a different, I don't know, it just was all different than anything we've seen in Star Wars before. But it felt so much like Star Wars. Exactly. Like, it still had the touchstones that were like, oh, yes, this is. Well. I think this is the thing that Clone Wars has been proving. Clone Wars and Rebels have proved for the last decade, right? That you can take Star Wars and skin just about any genre of movie into it. Oh, yeah. Good, the bad, the right? ugly. Like anything. So this is like a straight up like World War II or like sci-fi military action. This is like Aliens and Saving Private Ryan. And it works because Star Wars is malleable enough a setting and it's rich enough a setting and it's deep enough a setting to fit all of those those conventions into it. I mean, it's it's the same thing where where it, it's as rich as the real world, right? Where you can tell any kind of story inside the context of of humanity, right? That's why I love it so much. I just yeah. I love it too, Mike. <laughs> I think we all do. Uh, we did see a beach landing in uh, Revenge of the Sith. It's just not the same. There were no ads. No, that beach landing was cool, but and, and that was more of a swamp landing on yeah. Kashyyyk. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, I'm spacing. That's right. But there, it was um, beach. It was beach-like. But I, I'm talking it, just in the context of like 
Saving Private Ryan and people who worked on Saving Private Ryan and bringing that level of battle to Star Wars is something that, like, you know, even on Hoth, which I think has the best ground battles in a Star Wars movie, um, it still looked like 40 guys playing dress up against Adats <laughs> and they just got massacred, lucky. right? Yeah. They, well, not lucky, but unlucky, rather. Unlucky. Yeah. Like, there was no there was no like tactics there. It was like Veers arrived was, with superior survival. fire. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There was, there, there was nothing even about that fight. And I mean, granted this group of rebels running out of a bunker and finding five walkers, probably not an even fight. That is one, two, three, four, four walkers, a bunch of pedestrians against four walkers. That's not necessarily a fair fight either. Uh, but, We've never seen it on a beach like this before with palm trees. Yeah. I like, I, you know, when we first started the show, I was talking about um, not what to expect from the movie. So I wasn't like overly nuts or whatever. But one of the things we talked about in the speculation show and you've talked about for a while was kind of like that, that scoundrels kind of just like um, an Ocean's Eleven movie, uh, just a, a heist movie. But adding this war into that whole idea just adds excitement. It adds intrigue it adds a lot of cool effects that we're going to see so far i mean from what i see from the trailer so one, another thing we should talk about is the side characters that we did get to see um diego luna forrest whitaker and donnie yen uh we got to see all of them in a little bit of action i think diego luna looks absolutely hilariously adorable in his 70s mustache and yeah and but he also looks awesome. I think one of my favorite shots is of Diego Luna's character and Jin Erso with blasters strapped to their hips, walking out of the rebel hangar on, on Yavin with the pilots and the infantry walking around him. Um, he just looked cool. He didn't get any lines, but he got some really cool smirks. Forrest Whitaker got all the best lines. And I don't even know like what that guy's wearing. Is he sort of like, <laughs> is he like, it reminded me a little bit of like, what if there's like a light side Vader, you know, like he's on life support. He's got tubes coming out of him. He's wearing all this complicated armor. It looks like he's got a walking stick. His face is all scarred up. Like he's Vader without a mask almost, but for the light side. Yeah. Good way to look yeah, at it. And it looks very grown together though, too. It's not, you know, military. Uh, yeah, polished, militaristic, and polished like Vader is. And it's then like, well, I found this. I'll, I'll just use it. It looks useful. This looks cool. I'm going to use this. And then Donnie Yen. Donnie Yen looks cool. He I, had a. I was talking to Brian. Like I just for some reason misread. I didn't see him as fighting stormtroopers. For some reason, I read what was happening as him training stormtroopers. You know, you're not which, the only one because Ariana yeah. and Anya thought the exact same thing. They said, "Is he on the, the imperial side?" And I said, "No, I th it looks like me, like he's fighting." And and Anya said, "No, I think he's helping them." I said, "Well, then I'm lost. I've well, never but, been helped by someone hitting me in the face with a stick." Well, yes, <laughs> that's how you learn not to be hit in the face with a stick again. That's how masters teach their padawans. Brian, got to beat well, them up it, a little bit. You ever see Karate you, Kid? If you look at the, <laughs> if you if you look at the frame he's in where he's about to to lay down the the beat down on them, mm -hmm. um, they're in a city street somewhere where there's a lot of rubble. It's a war zone. Three of them have their blasters raised to him, 
And then in the background, you see stormtroopers hassling other passersby. It okay, it doesn't so necessarily look like an Imperial situation. training academy. Well, he says, hey, guys, come here real quick before we attack these people. Let me show you some moves. <laughs> Plus, like you pointed out, Brian, too, earlier, he's in the photo from the first photo that was released with the other rebels. It's a cool picture, too. I love getting back to Ben Mendelsohn's glorious cape. <laughs> yeah. That shot of him walking over the water. Like, I don't know why he's walking on water. I don't care. But you notice there's like there's like four stormtroopers face down in the water around oh, I him. Did, I didn't catch that. I didn't I was catch really that either. worried about who had to clean his cape after he dragged it through the mud like that. <laughs> he is a tailor. But uh, <laughs> no, that shot, it looks like there's like a facility. The facility's on fire. It's that same uh, jungle planet that the walkers were on. My guess is and and I could be totally wrong, uh, but looking at the trailers, my guess is our rebels infiltrate this jungle planet as sort of the, and this, this Imperial base here is their first stop in getting information about how they can get the Death Star plans. And this is him coming and investigating the aftermath because this is when he gets assigned to it. Somebody tells him, this got hit. You need to find out who these people are it looks like this is what they're after. Go find them and stop them. And this is him arriving after the battle's over, and they've completely jacked this place up. And he's just here to witness the carnage. Which it's also... Just, you're like, too smart, Brian. You leave us speechless. No, it... it well, no, it's, it's, yeah, I mean, so he no, says something. Yeah, it is a compliment. He says something. You say something. I sit here. I Like I said before, sometimes I'm, a li- I'm, I'm involved in this show, and I'm more of a listener than anything, because... Things get thrown out, and then I sit here and I try to process them while you're talking. Well, I think you know we've 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 talked about the trailer a lot. We've talked for an hour about one uh, one and a half trailer. minutes yeah. of of trailer. Um, just let's get final thoughts and let's talk about a little bit about the Blu-ray before we take off. Okay, that sounds good. So, final thoughts overall, Mike, you go first. All right, so. And now that I'm thinking about it, since the palm trees were mentioned, Adats walking amongst the beach and the palm trees, whooping some butt. Um, no, my final thoughts on it are, um, back to what I said before, I didn't know what to expect. I still, you know, don't know what to expect. We don't know the entire storyline. We don't know what we're going to see. We're not, we don't know what characters are going to do what. If they're going to stab some, their unit in the back, we, we don't know any of these things. But what I get from this trailer is a serious legitimate star Wars movie, which I was just expecting something. I don't know. I guess I really don't know what I was expecting. I I, I can't really explain it. I was expecting we'd see the star Wars veil over top of, you know, somebody in the background trying to sneak into somewhere and get it back to the base. But that's, that's more than what we're seeing. We're seeing um, bad things that are happening. that are going to lead us into the, the original trilogy I don't know. Amy, can you just help me out here, please? Of course. I'm most excited about, or like my final thoughts, I guess. Um, it's really important and meaningful to me to see Mon Mothma back because she, you know, along with Bail Organa, they kind of made the rebellion. They they founded the Rebel Alliance. So to see her like taking, like, of course, she should be there. This is their most important mission to date, probably. And I mean, God, look where it leads. So I think seeing her 
made me like that that was one reason why i reacted strongly to the trailer because i guess i maybe in the when we speculated like that show like i i thought we'd see her hoped we'd see her but that was a surprise and i think felicity jones looks she looks amazing yeah do you guys think how quietly they kept mon mothma's involvement in this and genevieve o'reilly's casting uh do you think that opens up if there is that that secondary storyline with her having to go back to Coruscant for the dissolution of the Senate. Um, Bail Organa, do you think maybe they're keeping Jimmy Smith's in this and, and just keeping his involvement quiet? That would be pretty cool. I'd be so happy to see Bail Organa. Me too. I think that they just, they just held, getting back to my thoughts, uh, they, they just held this so close to the chest for so long. I mean, we saw that little tiny t- teaser. We knew that the movie was coming. And then all of a sudden this week we get smacked in the face with Something that looks amazing. And that's cool to me. That's that's exciting to me. That's more than I was expecting. Can I ask one more question about the, the trailer before you give us your final thoughts, Brian? Please. Darth Vader. Are we just going to see him at the very end? Are we going to see him not at all? I don't really want to see Darth Vader. Which I know makes me... No, I know that makes me unpopular, but... I, I, you don't want to see... Like, I could see like her Jin getting away from him at the very end. Like I think that if Darth Vader... I'm not going to say he is or isn't. I don't think Vader is going to be presented in any of the marketing materials, obviously, whether he's in it or not. If he's not in it, why would he be in the marketing materials? If he is in it, they're going to keep it so quiet so that the rebels are going to get within five minutes of the end of the movie and that that blast door is going to open and Vader's going to be on the other side and we're all going to lose our mind. Yeah, that oh shit moment. Yeah. Um, I'm actually, I mean, I don't think that that's an, uh, um, for me, I don't think that's an unpopular thing. You thinking that way? I'm kind of cool. Listen, we know I love Darth Vader. We know that I, everything Star Wars sometimes for me should have Darth Vader involved in, in some way, even like with Force Awakens, you see the, the, the melted helmet and you see Kylo talking to him, grandfather, you know, help me. Um, but in this movie, I don't need it. it. Rebels. I needed him to be in, in Rebels. I don't necessarily need it in this movie. Brian, so what do you think? I think this movie looks incredible. I think it has, and I don't know, it seems like it was Star Wars, so inevitably I'd be like, oh, guys, it looks great. It looks awesome. I was wary of it. I was not, I was not as invested in the trailer, and I or invested in waiting for the trailer. I was like, well, it'll be Star Wars. I was thinking about how many times I saw The Force Awakens in the theaters, and I ended up seeing it 20 in the theaters and i and i i was thinking about rogue one just a few weeks ago and it was like maybe i'll see it a few times maybe i won't have to maybe i won't be as invested in that and and i maybe i'll save some money doing that and and not seeing it as much and i watched this trailer and i'm like no i'm gonna be there the whole time just the way i was with the force awakens i'm i'm in i'm in fully and i think one thing I wanted to mention really fast, because I don't think people realized the timing of the trailer. I think they were really waiting just for Force Awakens to get on Blu-ray. Because you noticed it was Force Awakens on Blu-ray on Tuesday. Wednesday, oh, we've got a trailer tomorrow. Thursday, the trailer hits. Yeah, no, that that wasn't accidental. No, no, they, it, time, that was, they timed that cycle out, yeah. exactly. It was crazy. And it it makes me wonder, does that mean we're not going to see anything from Episode 8 until Rogue One is on Blu-ray? Probably. 
probably. I yeah, think so. Possible. Right as the right as the cycle for Force Awakens is coming to an end, they if they waited a, a specific amount of time for something, Rebels just ended last week, and we're gonna have to be waiting for that. And uh, we don't see anything. And, and let's say waited until Celebration to see that trailer. There'd be a, a good chunk of time that people would get interested in something else or or feel that lack of. Uh, what to look forward to with Star Wars. Like if we didn't see that trailer, I, I would not be looking forward to, to Rogue One as I am now. Cause like I said, um, I think I said it earlier. Um, it's just, uh, I don't know. Go ahead. Complete your thought. No, I was going to say, I just think it's been, it's such a, a great marketing tactic on their part where they're just dominating the news cycle. Rebels ends. Force Awakens on Blu-ray. Here's all these deleted scenes. Oh, now we've got another movie, remember? You know, and it, it and now that's all anybody wants to talk about. Like they they just they dominated that cycle for a couple of weeks. So you're you're saying about how, you know, uh originally up until the trailer, you I may, I may save some money. I may not go see it as many times. If for me, if this movie would have fell flat on its face, and it still could, I'm not saying it won't. Um, but if it was, if we got this trailer and it didn't look as exciting or as interesting as it does now, I had a little bit of a worry that that would hurt the ne- the the remainder of this trilogy coming out. But you could easily just sweep it under the rug and say, well, it wasn't a Star Wars movie; it was just a Star Wars story offshoot movie. Star Wars, yeah. Story. It's so if it doesn't do good, eh, who cares? It was just you know we're telling another story. It's not it's not hurting this trilogy, and then giving people something to complain about. But now that I see it, I am hopeful where I didn't have that before. And I am excited where I wasn't I'm not saying I wasn't excited to see rogue one, but I am for sure. Now I, I want to see the movie. So, uh, that blu-ray. So that blu-ray, <laughs> I know, I know when we talk of, when I do interviews for people where I work, we always try to think of the positive things about the person. say something positive about the person before you say anything negative. How could they fit this role? How could they help this role? instead of how they could hurt it, right? So that being said, I would love to say positive things first. I do have something negative to say about the Blu-ray release and the the digital release. I wasn't really happy with this the uh the deleted scenes. Yeah, I, had, I was a little disappointed myself. I still have yet to watch anything but the feature. It's I Amy, mean, it's almost like they're just saving all the deleted so, scenes for a special there release. There was one deleted scene that was the best one, but it was the digital only one. And it oh. was amazing. And it was the one that actually fixed a continuity problem I had with the movie. So you remember and, and this was this goes to why the editing in the movie just the editing in the movie just kind of bugged me in little ways. Like yeah. they get on Takodana. And Finn has a gun strapped around his chest when Maz hands him the lightsaber. The next time you see him, he's coming out. And Maz is like, your friends need your help. And he's like, I need a weapon. And you're thinking to yourself, you just had a blaster strapped to your chest. Where did that go? Yeah, what happened to Oh, it? I never noticed that. Did he leave it on his ship that he was going to go on to with those other guys? No, no. He had it in the scene where Maz hands him the lightsaber. Oh, he has so, it in that yeah. scene? There's a deleted scene where stormtroopers come and storm the place and Han Solo tries like talking them out of arresting them or whatever. And they force Finn to hand over his blaster. So it's like they took it like the stormtroopers took it. 
And okay. the deleted scene is so funny because they're talking to Han Solo and they're like, in the name of Supreme Leader Snoke. And he's like, Smoke? Who? who? Like, what? Yeah. Yeah. Like, what What makes him supreme? That's right. They're down in the, they're down in the uh, tunnel. Yeah. And so, like, there, that whole scene was great. And they, they, they actually, like, uh, he's like, is this about him? Is this the Stormtrooper boots? Uh, and Finn looks down and realizes that's how Han Solo knew he was not resistance is because he was still in his stormtrooper boots. And he's mm-hmm. like, that's, that's how you knew. Like, uh, it was just a really funny, great scene. That was the best one, but it was a digital only scene on the Blu-ray itself. There's just some snippets of scenes. And I was really kind of disappointed that they didn't pay to finish the special effects the way they mm-hmm. for the yeah. prequels. So that snow speeder chase is all just animatics, which is cool. I love seeing that. But with Star Wars, you expect a degree of finished, of completed deleted scenes. Yeah, that does that does sound a little disappointing. It, the other thing about the the, the special features uh, or the deleted scenes. So I don't know why why I'm drawing a blank on in the movie if I saw it or not because there's so many things that I remember from the movie that my brain sticks on. But um, in the the card trader and in a lot of the um, a lot of the artwork that I picked up from this movie, you see all these uh, snow troopers, right? But there's a bunch of them in those deleted scenes because it's all on Star Killer Base. But in the movie itself, did did we see a lot of snow troopers? Because I don't remember that I at think all. They were just for the the guys stationed outside, and and with the new cuts, uh, with the way the cut of the movie happened. There was nothing outside where they had to encounter anybody. Um, presumably, they would have come in just after Han Solo says, "My my friend's got a bag of explosives. Let's use them." That's where mm-hmm. they steal the speeder, right? That's where they yeah. fight those guys. And that's where you would have seen. And they're not in the movie because that all that stuff got cut. So after I saw the movie several times, every time I'd go onto the start the tra- the card trader app. You know, before the movie even came out, came out, we saw a lot of cards with them on it. And then, like, every time I'd leave the movie, I'm like, I don't remember seeing a, a snow trooper. And then when I saw deleted scenes, I'm like, okay, well, there they are. But that wasn't the final cut of the movie. Yeah. So those are my only complaints. Those are my only real complaints about it. I'm, I would have liked to see more. I do like a lot of the, 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 this is how they did this or the story behind this. I, I like that stuff. Brian, what did you, did you watch well, all of it? I did. The documentary they did was okay. Um, it was very the the tone of the documentary they did making the movie was very much the tone they made in the marketing, where it was like we're bringing Star Wars back, and this is how we're doing it. But they didn't actually get into any like the nitty gritty. They didn't get into any of the real behind the scenes. It still felt like a pretty manufactured PR piece like, rather than not a documentary. Like a real, yeah, not a real making of sort of thing. Yeah. You you get a Lord of the Rings movie, let's say, right? Return of the King, I've, and it comes with those special features were the best. Yeah, they come with so many great special features, so many deleted scenes, things that tied the movie up together. So when I was waiting for the release of the movie onto Blu-ray or digital, I was kind of hoping for a longer cut of the movie, like adding some stuff into it that we didn't see in the the theater that didn't really get into the running time or wasn't needed for the theater. And and so I was kind of hoping to see like something like that. I was kind of hoping to see longer deleted scenes to tie things up and, and with the exception of the one thing brian was talking about the snow speeder trace i was I wasn't even on board with that at all brian but yeah that scene down in the tunnels at Mosconadas, that that would have been great and then maybe another uh scene about the uh the republic you know um 
on Hosni on Hosnian system uh, the something tying the public um political stuff together i would have liked to see something like that too and i was expecting that maybe that's my problem maybe i was expecting too much i don't know i think uh george lucas has kind of spoiled us for really great dvd releases and blu-ray releases like you could spend 10 hours lost on the blu-ray special features of the last of the star wars movies yeah and you're done with the special features in on Force Awakens in like an hour. Yeah, half an hour, 45 uh-huh. minutes, something like that. Yeah, that's not much at all. I loved seeing it at home, though. I love seeing the movie at home, <sighs> and I'm glad I have all of these special features so that when the next release comes out and they release more special features, they don't have to repeat putting these ones on. Yeah. So they can give us something new. I do have to say, this this week has been great. Uh, anytime I want to watch Force Awakens, I don't have to look at movie times or know that I can't <laughs> get out and see it. And this is one of those movies why I do have the the huge-ass wonderful TV I have because I, I loved pausing at certain parts of it to just take in the background that you didn't really get the notice. I love uh, the village on um, Jakku. There's a lot of little things going on in the background that I didn't catch in the movie because I was so focused on the main characters. So, yeah, it's really it's, it's something else to, for it to be in your home and being able to stop it instead of watching it straight through. And Amy, can you tell us about watching it with BB-8? Yes. Yeah, so about if this. any of you have the Sphero BB-8 toy that came out on Force Friday, the one that, you know, you can roll around your house and control with your smart device, they released an update where you can watch the movie with BB-8. So you install the update, you put BB-8 near your TV, and you put your mobile device, <clears throat> excuse me, or your smart device in a place where it can hear the dialogue from the, and you know, everything that's happening in The Force Awakens. So then it talks to BB-8 and BB-8 reacts to stuff in the movie. So like when Kylo Ren appears for the first time in Jakku and the village, you know, and the villagers get killed, like he turns, like he turns his little head away and hides. Hmm. Um, There's stuff where he makes sad noises sometimes or when uh, like somebody, maybe when Kylo says, you know, we have the best pilot in the galaxy or something like BB-8 nods his little head. And it's, I wouldn't watch it, like, if you've never seen The Force Awakens, that shouldn't be the, the first way you experience it. But if you've seen it a few times, because you're mostly just going to be watching BB-8, and it's adorable. It was, whoever came up with that idea at Spiro should get all the gold stars. <laughs> that is cool. Because it's just a cute little interactive, uh, like, it, it's just so cute. Because that toy's already, like, the most precious thing in the world. I'm, like, I'm all about the superlatives today, apparently, by the way. Um, but man, it was such a fun, it's a fun experience. So if you have that BB-8, like I highly recommend setting aside a couple hours to do that. Well, you know, to help people out with that then, because I haven't got it yet and I want to get it. I see by April 10th, there is on sale for one twenty nine ninety nine, and then it's going oh, nice. back up. So what is today? Today is the 10th. Well, today's the 10th. I guess oh, it doesn't help anybody out there. You missed it. Um, Maybe I can get it today. I I'm going to do it with mine. I really love mine. Oh, so you've been done it? Yet? And I I haven't watched. I haven't I haven't had time since I found out it was like a thing. Can you can you yeah. take a video of it and we can post it? Uh, sure. I think Amy's might be cuter though. I somehow didn't take any video. I just took a picture. Um, but I should take video because I I just did it last night. I'll probably watch with BB8 again. <laughs> I mean. I always have a, I call my BB date. BB date. That's hilarious. <laughs> yep. 
That's yeah. funny. Well, I have to get one now because I think that's that's a brilliant idea. So whoever thought of it, let's. I wonder if they'll start adding more Star Wars movies to that to 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 that ability. Like I'd watch Phantom Menace with BB-8. I'd watch any of the movies with BB-8. I'd watch the Ewok Adventures with BB-8. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wouldn't go that far, but <laughs> I like you know. So that's another thing that having the movie at home really helps. Is uh. So I love BB-8. And in the movie, when we were in the theater, you know, all his uh, reactions to everything is hilarious and stole the show for the most part. But the more you watch BB-8 and how he interacts, I just, the more I see him, the more I like him. And I know it's hard to say because he's such a likable character, but they did an amazing job with BB-8. And it's not, like I saw this thing online the other day, it was uh, real trailers for some joke thing. And it was uh, somebody talking over Force Awakens as... It's, you know, that whole thing we talked about before about how people think it's just a remake of the original movie. And it was really, really silly and, and stupid, most of the stuff they were saying, but um, be, calling BB-8 um, R2 Jr. or something like that. That's just stupid. Annoyed me. I, I never did that, just for the record. No, no. I didn't say you did, Brian. You better not. <laughs> anyway, is there anything else from the uh, the release on the, the Blu-ray uh, that you... Uh, did did the kids like it better having it at the house? Do they watch it as much as you thought they would or, or less than you thought they would? Do you have any anything to say about that? Um, I don't know. Um, I've got Anakin here listening. Have you enjoyed having it here at the house, Anakin? Yeah, but I've I've tried watching it like you would, you know, time. So Yeah, I'm just a terrible Is he father. just taking the dig on you? <laughs> yeah. Anakin. I have, I have a feeling he's going to be the death of you, Brian. I do too. <laughs> I I took I took the Blu-ray to work, um, and when no one else has been around in the office, I've just been playing it on a loop. So I've probably run it through my Blu-ray player like fifteen times since I've had it, and uh, I I do enjoy that. Yeah, I, I like, don't know. I like I like it. the background noise of it too. I've been doing actually at work. I've been doing that with Rebels. I have it and I play it, hit it on a loop and I'm just, while I'm working on something, I'm listening to it, which is something else I've been looking forward to for a while. I need Rebels season two on Blu-ray because that's really what I want. Like as much as I like Force Awakens, the thing I want to loop on a Blu-ray player is the season two finale. Agreed. I had to buy it on Amazon so I could, like I don't, because I just have access to the media site. Um and I don't want to watch it on my laptop. So Amazon Instant Video is not quite the same. But you're right. Like, I want the Blu-ray tomorrow. We won't get it till what, the fall, probably? Yeah. I think it says a lot. I mean, Force Awakens, we are all in agreement. It's a great movie. We love it, right? But in this new era of Star Wars and everything going on, Rogue One's coming. Episode 8's coming. We we have Rogue One. We have uh, Force Awakens at home now. How much does it say about Filoni and crew with Rebels that we keep going back to, well, I want to see that again. I want to have that on a, a loop at work. I mean, how how great was this this past season of Rebels to you guys? Uh, I mean, just the finale alone. Like, I, I want to rewatch it. Um, I want to rewatch the whole season. I think it's the storytelling certainly up there with anything we're seeing in the films. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm just, I'm overwhelmed with it, I think. <clears throat> I couldn't say enough nice things, and it was nice having Vanessa on last week to talk to her about it. That doesn't feel like last week. When does it feel like? Like, it feel no, I mean, it just feels like 
we we had our reaction to that show last last week. That's when we talked about it. But so much has happened in Star <laughs> Wars since then. It just feels like a, a, an eternity. Yeah, crazy week. And I'm not I'm not saying this in a bad way. I'm just mentally and physically exhausted over the whole thing. It's been a it's taken quite the toll on Mike, and that's fine. I'll recover. But that's what we're doing today. After we get done with the show, we're watching Force Awakens. So. Looking forward to it. What are you guys going to do the rest of your weekend? Amy, you had a big, big, busy day yesterday, didn't you? Uh, yes, I did. Uh, and today I'm going to Disneyland because Jen, um, who makes amazing things for the StarWars.com blog, is giving a talk at California Adventures Food and Wine about Star Wars recipes. That's cool. So, yeah, I'm going to go check that out, and then I'm going to come home and work. What about you, Brian? Um, Anakin is giving me sign language signals that inform me that it looks like I might be playing Battlefront. Good news for that. Xbox, I mean, um, PlayStation didn't say no to Xbox's uh, offer to let people play on both networks at the same time. So that might happen, Brian. I would would very much like that. I've played with Holly a lot, actually. Holly's the funniest person in the world to play Battlefront with if you can, if you can (laughs) arrange it. Because she, uh, she's a very sweet and well put together person when you're talking on a podcast but she says the most horrible things <laughs> it's hilarious that's me i have no problem picturing that i was very close last week to getting there was a on craigslist there was a the game and the system for playstation for wasn't that expensive i offered him a trade but they didn't take it but i'll probably do it at some point all right before we end the show tonight there's just a couple uh house cleaning things i wanted to do real quick um my favorite comic shop, One Up, um, one up Collectibles. Uh, they usually send us uh, a good run of the the comics when they when they get released. So, um, so uh, Lee at One Up, he sent us uh, twenty five of the uh, Poe comics to give away. So, typical release, Brian. Um, have somebody um, if you haven't read it, if you haven't wrote a review for us yet on iTunes or Stitcher or whatever. So, with that, send us an email with uh, where you put your review and. Um, what your mailing address is, and the first 25 people that uh, submit that will get this Poe comic. I'll get it out to you as soon as possible. And uh, I'd like for you also to go to the One Up Collectibles website. He has a lot of really cool stuff. I'm actually just purchasing a uh, a Shadow Trooper figurine. It's like a big statue thing off of him, and he gives really good deals. So anyway, One Up Collectibles and Lee, they, did a, they always do nice stuff for us. I also want to say that we have a listener who is looking to sell uh, two of his three-day adult tickets for Celebration. And um, it's not that he's trying to make any money off of them. He just, he got the tickets for him and his wife. They live over in Europe and uh, she is pregnant and she's due right around a celebration. So they realized that they weren't going to be able to use those tickets to travel and all that stuff. So if you were interested in getting two of the three day passes and you haven't, haven't found any uh, contact us at holocron and And I will put you in contact with him. You going to say something, Brian? Can I tell a really horrible story sure. about celebration too? Yeah. Um, so Amberly was like nine months pregnant with Anakin for celebration two. And, uh, she was due like any day she was due the day the movie was supposed to come out and celebration was like a week or two before then. And, uh, I was like, no, he's my kid. He's not like, he's not going to interfere with star Wars. I, (laughs) I know that it's in my DNA. Like he won't ruin that. So I'm just going to go. So I'll just see you in a few days. And I went. I think maybe our <laughs> listener should just go too and leave his wife behind. Brian, not leave his, not God. leave, not 
leave her, but leave her at home in case the baby happens. <laughs> just leave your wife. You know, she's pregnant. The best thing to do is just leave that's your not, wife. That's not Jeez. what I meant. But no, I, mean, I think that's probably out. where we should wrap up this it show. It worked out for me. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, I think you're right, Amy. <laughs> just one other uh, one other thing to mention. Brian, you bought these uh, the Star Wars music vinyls. That is all the music on the, the records, right? You bought that. Oh, it's gorgeous. And you love it? Yeah, I do. Yes, and I want to... Uh, uh, I want to say if you, you should probably listen or you should probably go out and buy those too. I know they're on Amazon and I know they're at several other retailers. The price is a little pricey, but they are amazing and they are wonderful. And I think that you should definitely go check those out. Um, I actually have uh, one of the, I hold, I'm holding it in my hand right now. It's a little 45 and it has a, the main title on side A and the Cantina band on side B. And uh, this is all done by the London Symphony Orchestra. And uh, so again, so Star Wars, the ultimate vinyl collection, it has uh, six original soundtracks available for the first time on vinyl and one 11 LP box set featuring newly restored audio and the original album packing. And like I said, Brian has those. He loves them. And if you want them to go get them. And Amy, um, so I didn't need the digital versions and I gave those to you, Amy. Did those work out? Okay. They sound good. They sound fantastic. Yeah. I really appreciate that because my. My collection of Star Wars music was a little spotty, like I was missing things. So I really appreciated those, and they, the quality is top notch for sure. That's the other well, thing you should do. You should share with your friends, like Brian does. Not just he doesn't just leave his wife. He, comes, he doesn't just leave his wife back. when she's pregnant. Yeah, he comes back. So if it I, was celebration <laughs> too. <laughs> if you want one of these, like I said, I have one of these forty fives. Um, what do you think? Something special, Brian. What What should the listeners do? To, to win this uh they should send you an email saying why you should just send it to me yeah that's a good idea uh, the best story i have through email about why i should send this this record to you me and amy and brian will go over all the emails and then I'll, we'll pick the winner and then i'll send it out to him so that is going to be it for no the- i meant i meant that what a compelling case for why you should just send it literally to just me to that person or you no to me oh no no brian no now you're just getting awfully selfish. To be clear, I met my quota of Brian's in this episode. <laughs> to be clear, why I should send it to you, the listener, why you feel you deserve it before above anybody else. I think that's fun. So that is it. Episode 162 of Full of Sith. Let's, uh, if you want to leave us a voicemail, please do so through the Speak Pipe app on our website, which is fullofsith.com. There you can find all of our contact information, like our Twitter at Full of Sith, at the mic, at Swankmatron, at Amy underscore Geek. Also go to facebook.com slash full of Sith, and that's where we post the show art and we post the notes and the links to everything. And there's conversations, and Brian and I believe Amy, and, and we all try to post things onto the the uh, Facebook site as often as possible. And then for all this stuff, holocron at full of Sith.com for the comics and for this, uh, this album for me to give away, please do that all. And iTunes reviews are always appreciated. I was reading through a couple last week and they were really nice and I appreciate them. And um, all the emails that have come in, I've been forwarding them to Amy and Brian. We've all had our eyes on them. And there are a few that I put off to the side that we are going to be touching up on in a future episode. So Amy, uh, just to remind everybody, where can they find your writings and everything? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Amy underscore geek. And you can find uh, most of my writing stuff is on Nerdist.com and StarWars.com. And Brian? Um, you can find my writing at uh, BrianYoungFiction.com for my novels. 
uh, for my Star Wars stuff. I just did a piece for HowStuffWorks.com about Rogue One, uh, and you can find me on StarWars.com and in the pages of Star Wars Insider. And uh, I'm still writing uh, regularly for BigShinyRobot.com. Very cool. And all the uh, things for me can be found at TheMic.com. I have all my uh, things there, all the shows I've ever done, my contact information, all of those things are there. So please check that out as well. And and more so than anything, I, I really implore you to check out uh, Big Shiny Robot and Amy's writings and Brian's writings on the on all the uh, the places because they, they do amazing things. So and then I also wanted to give congratulations to Anya from all of us because she got tied for first place on Radio Free Tatooine's This Is Madness uh, tournament. So I. Uh, I gave her a printout. She went through and picked everything, and she ended up tying with uh, tying for first place. So I thought that was pretty amazing. So great, great job to Anya. Um, and that's it. Episode one sixty two of Full Sith for my amazing and thought provoking co hosts Amy Ratcliffe and Brian Young. I am the Mike Pilot. May the Force be with you always. If you'll not be needing me, I'll close down for a while. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.